welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Detailers, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this episode. I know you're going to get some great value out of it. And so when you do, I would really greatly appreciate if you take the time to leave a review, leave a comment, and go spread the word to the rest of the community of the value that you got out of it. Take whatever nugget that you got and go let somebody else know where you got it and how they can also gain some value. It's a community for a reason. We all hope to share and grow together. Thank you as always, and hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another edition of Helping Young Detailers. And first, we got to know, Nick, uh, as a little kid, as, as a small child, growing up uh, in the heartland of America, did you always dream of flying to the moon? Is that uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that got, the, got, the, got the NASA shirt. Yeah, it'd be sweet, <laughs> wouldn't it? but no seriously did you ever think you did you always want to be uh somebody that goes to yeah i mean i mean like everybody you know what it was astronauts firemen police officers what was all the things you loved as a kid (laughs) no mine was strictly to just to be a quarterback for uh for the notre dame fighting irish that was my dream as a young child yeah i think my athletic stuff was a little you know like yours you know would love to be you know i was an ohio state guy so you know yeah unfortunate to hear that <laughs> you know so there's quite a few of us on? okies that aren't uh, buckeye fans yeah well you got bob stoops you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> we'll take him <laughs> yeah i hear you all right nick so uh jumping into uh today's episode we want to first though look back at uh, the week and the weekend it is today is labor day so uh I uh, I take it that uh, you're being being very labor some free today. Yeah, we're uh, we're off today. You know, a lot of the neighborhoods that we work in don't allow on certain recognized holidays. Don't allow vendors or people, landscapers, detailers, those type of people. So uh, we learn to pick our spots and what holidays are are a nice time for all of us to get a little time off and. Uh, it's kind of a nice break for us. You know, uh, we went through record heat this weekend again. So it uh, looks like it's about to cool down. So it's a nice end of the summer day off everybody gets. That's sweet. Uh, had any good beers lately? Because I know when I move into fall, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the change of uh, frosty cold beers and ready for some pumpkin ales and some more harvest type. Uh... Actually, actually, you know what? I, I didn't have uh, anything special, just a normal normal uh beer by the pool this weekend nothing like you know nothing out of the ordinary yet yeah uh i think it was an ultra yeah Michelob ultra yeah you go what are you drinking (laughs) (laughs) Uh, definitely uh all right well that didn't quite work i was trying to adjust we got a new chair so you know oh i know i see that i was trying to get it hey living the dream over there i know right hey big doings it goes from (laughs) the uh the uh cheapo white ones that we've had that are half broken or like all right yeah. hey, might as well get a new chair <laughs> hey time that time to upgrade <laughs> all 
Uh, speaking of spending and speaking of buying stuff, we need to hop right into today's episode of finances. And if we're helping young detailers and we're helping discuss finances, uh, definitely one of the things that uh, we see going into the financial discussion is avoiding the best we can, avoiding pitfalls, because we think finances, you know, it's always that we want more, right? We think uh, when we think finances, it's at least for me, I think, uh, hey, you know, if I always got more than I have less of, you know, I'm doing better in my finances, right? You know, yeah. red, black, all that stuff, pluses and minuses. Uh, so in order for help, order for us to help young detailers get to where they want to be in their finances, we need to go over uh, some, maybe some pitfalls to avoid. When, when I first say the word pitfall, I mean, pitfalls of finances, what, what kind of comes to your mind? I, I think of like companies that fall into black holes, companies that make, I, I know you, you, you yourself, your dad has said uh, to you like, hey, one wrong decision could lead down some trail. So yeah. what is it that's so big about pitfalls that uh, rings your bell? Well, I think for detailers, it's, you know, we see people come in and remember, we're talking to a specific person, you know, that's starting their business and early in business, early in, in, in everything they're doing in life usually is who we speak to. One of the biggest pitfalls in detailing is, is assuming you need every piece of equipment, you need every chemical that's ever been built uh, or, or, or put together, blended together, that you need every pad that's offered in the marketplace, that you need every brush that they make. And what happens is, within a few months of starting someone's business, you look at their truck or you look at their shop and it's like all of this stuff you're never going to use that you and I know, Hey, what's going to happen is you're going to end up picking some things you like. And then the rest of that stuff's going to just sit there and you've yeah. spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on it. So I think the pitfalls that I see is this need to, or getting talked into or marketed into, I need everything. I need it right now to run my business or, or people aren't going to think I'm legitimate. And my customers aren't going to do business with me. Uh, your customers are going to do business with you if you do a good job. And it's largely not buying everything. Yeah. I would say to me, if I look at a product that seemed to have gotten the, the first thing that came to my mind was wheel cleaners that change colors. Yeah. Right. Like I know it's super cool. And, and the, the deionizing part or, you know, where you spray it on the paint and it, it pulls the stuff off and it leaves that color change. You can spray it on the brake, you know, brake dust is going to, you know, change yeah, that, your color. That, how that iron smell. remover. Yeah. Yeah. I just, man, I, I, that was just a product to me that I went, yeah, it's cool, but man, do I really, really need this. Yeah. And, and again, it, it sort of depends on what you're going to be doing. If you're constantly cleaning wheels, uh, number one, I don't think you want to use something so harsh because it's still a very harsh chemical. When something smells harsh, it is harsh. It's a good rule of thumb uh, for people to understand if you're just starting your business. And so this would be my take. Uh, we don't use iron remover on wheels because we don't, do, we don't do business with those types of customers that need that massive iron removal on wheels. Do we use iron remover on paint before Paint correction? Sure, we do. Uh, I believe in it. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's a very limited product to our paint correction part of our business. And you're exactly right. What happened was then these people saw that everybody liked to see the iron getting eaten away on the white paint. 
Now we can make it in a wheel cleaner. There's a lot of easier ways to clean yeah. wheels consistently. You know, the same people that tell me they don't like uh, acidic wheel cleaners are buying these iron removal wheel cleaners that are just as harsh. Uh, so yeah, that would be a product that would fit into not a necessity at the beginning of your business. But so a lot of times detailers, I guess what you're saying though, the first pitfall to discuss would be just over-purchasing, right? Just, way, just way grabbing way too much stuff. Like, yeah, like I'll give you an example. We now have a color-coded towel system, okay? So, you know, certain towels touch paint, certain do the interior, certain touch glass, certain touch wheels and, and undercarriage, those type of things. I didn't start my business that way. There's no, I didn't need that. I was the one there. So I knew what towels looked safe for what because I was just getting started. I didn't need to go through and have 50 different towels when I first started. Is it a luxury that we have now and, and we can implement the system effectively? Absolutely. But that wasn't a system that was necessary when it was just me by myself. So how do you deem something that's necessary and not overspending then? Because it seems necessary that you would want to have multiple color towels, right? I mean, that, that makes yeah. sense, but... But what happens is guys end up buying, buying $10 per towel towels. Um, if you're buying a more cost effective from a provider, then you maybe can color coordinate. What I see guys think they need is I need a high pile towel and it's got to have, you know, 5 billion GSM because, you know, you can't ever touch paint without scratching unless you have this really, really expensive towel. Well, you and I know, Marty, that's just not true. There are very effective towels and we don't use high pile towels anywhere in my business. Uh, I don't, I don't believe in them. They always get, you know, torn up. And so the most expensive towels aren't what we use anyway. So you can affect cost effectively do a color coding system. What I'm saying is it's not what guys normally do. What they do is, is they buy the most expensive towels they can find. They find, they buy the most expensive pads they can find and they think it's necessary for them to make money and they have to do it that way. That isn't, it isn't necessary. Understand that you, you know, find the median, you know what I mean? Find the middle ground of, you know, what is this expensive towel? What is this little cheapy towel? What's the middle? And usually in the middle and those types of things is just fine when you're getting started out. You don't want to buy the worst thing on the planet that's going to break down in two seconds, but you don't really need to buy the, the, the $15 per towel towel because most pros don't use that stuff anyway. Uh, but you're being talked into it because you're going to a certain provider's website and they're telling you about all these great towels. And, you know, I, I, it may have been a bad example, but I think that's one of the places I see guys think they need to have all these crazy towels. And there's a huge difference in, in, in GSM and it's going to make a difference in my business. And my customers are going to see me using this. And no, they aren't. They're going to yeah. be inside their house. That's where they're going to be. You know, that, uh, uh, one that's a touchy subject uh, would be, having all different types of uh, polishes and all different types of compounds. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it, what I, th I think without even, you know, let's just skim over that one. Let's just fly over and just throw in a quick little nugget. And I, I think my quick little nugget would be sort of what Nick said there. And you probably hear it from a lot of other guys too, is, Hey, listen, find, you know, test out, try a couple different things test out some stuff that you like, you know, and then just find something that, it, that just fits for most of what you do. I, I cannot believe it when I open up people's cabinets and see 15 different brands of different compounds and all these different polishes. And well, this one does great on this and that does great on that. And like, wow, you know, I mean, that, that is cool if you can get, you know, at one point, I guess maybe, but boy, starting off that it just, 
there's no way that you should ever really buy more than a couple. I no. mean, you know, just find and, one and, that you like and, and yeah, and, let, know, and let me do enough. Yeah, let me let me make it clear. The least talented detailers you'll find have the most polishes and compounds. The talented detailers pick the one or two or three, you know, compounds that they like. They may have a super aggressive, then they may have their normal compound. And that, and that may be too. This is how I operate, to be honest with you. I have a super aggressive compound that I rarely need. I got a normal compound I can use on everything because depending on, you know, I can dilute it with water. I can water polish with it. I can do regular polish. I can do all kinds of different little things with this compound. I know how to, I know how to manipulate that compound to work on any, any type of paint surface. And then polish is the same thing. Usually people want a fine polish, right? or they want an ultra fine polish for maybe really, really soft black GM paint or, right. or uh, black Honda paint, something like that. Right. So there's what you find in, in people that really know what they're doing. They're going to pick an ultra aggressive and a normal compound that they like, and they're going to pick a polish that works on 95% of paint for them. And then they're going to have an ultra fine polish for something that's kind of out of their realm. You know, those ultra you know, soft GM paints, et cetera. And so again, when you're young and you're, you're being told, here's the next great compound, here's the next great polish. That's really not how it works. I mean, you need to, you need to get some, some uh, cutting time behind the compound before you actually know what it does and how to manipulate it. You need to really stick with small circle of products so you can learn how they work and you can learn how to manipulate them so they work for your business. And that's something a little bit deeper than this conversation, obviously, but that, that's exactly what you're looking for. Time behind a quality product will make you more efficient and make you better. Uh, constantly changing products, you'll never actually get better. That's, that's a good point. Uh, and to wrap up the uh, just the over-purchasing, I, I think we, we, we chatted back and forth a little bit a second ago. We want to talk about also then the core products that are needed because yeah. you, know, you could literally, as we've already started, I mean, you could go down all these different boards. You go down foam pads, right? You go down, but you go through soaps. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine trying to pick out a new soap today. If you're a detailer that just got in the market, the amount of different soaps and the amount of different stuff that soaps will do and this is that like, wow, it's incredible. I mean, I, yeah, I, I tell I tell people when it comes to things like APC soap, uh, you know, degreaser, those core type, you know, things that you use every day. Um, I tell people go with a quality brand that you trust. Stick with them. You can dilute products your way. What works for you? You can make soap work for you. Do you have to use a little more of this soap? The only thing I always say about soap is I don't want the most aggressive and I don't want the least aggressive. Okay, those are the two things I avoid. Again, we talk about the middle ground. The one thing you don't want with soap for all the young guys out there so you don't get confused. As long as it doesn't leave a residue, it's a good soap. Yeah. That may not be a perfect soap for you. Okay, you might like one that foams more, foams less or whatever. But if a, if, a, if a soap leaves a filmy residue, you can't use it. There is no place to use it on a customer's car. There's no place to use it, at period, in my opinion. But you know as well as I do, soap residue happens from a lot of bad soaps constantly. And so 
you know, I, I like kind of Mike Phillips's line here. There's more bad soaps than there are great soaps. Okay. There are more bad polishes than there are great polishes. Okay. You have to remember that when you're in this product game. Okay. There's more bad than there is good. Okay. So you need to, to, to always enter the marketplace and realize the reason I don't want to purchase 10 soaps is because eight of them are bad. They're not good. Okay. Two of them are good. There's more bad than there is good in this chemical and tool in, in our business in general. And I love when Mike Phillips says that because, yeah. you know, he, here's a guy that's worked for a distributor for a very long time. And so I want people to, to take that advice because I take that advice, you know, soap, degreaser, APC, uh, a couple brushes for the wheels, a couple scrub brushes, you know, uh, utility scrub brushes. You can get a lot done. You know, you can get a lot done. And I've said this before. If you look at my guy's truck, they have a lot more trinkets in their truck than my truck. If I got to step in and detail a car because something's happened in my business uh, where I got to step in, I can do so with a lot less product than anybody else in my company. Now, why is that? Because I've been doing this a lot longer and I have way more experience than most of them. And so what happens is as you become better, you need less. So if you think you're a great detailer and I look in your truck and you got 8,000 products, you ain't a great detailer yet. All the greatest detailers I've come across have a very, very small amount of products that they trust. Think about that. The best people have a very small amount of product that they trust. Very true. Very true. <clears throat> all right. So we wanted to dive into also when we're thinking pitfalls uh, for young detailers would be in a sense of how they purchase, right? So we, we went in and talked a little bit about over-purchasing, spending too much, buying a bunch of all random stuff, getting way too much of this, just being fascinated with the next trend and just buying too much stuff, right, is a, an early pitfall for young detailers. But the second pitfall uh, when it comes to, to overspending, uh, well, it's just how they do it in, in the ways in which they go about, uh, you know, setting up, uh, well, purchases that they're going to do long-term. And, uh, and I think we want to dive into what it takes then to actually build a relationship with a vendor. Yeah. So you, you and I discussed this and I think this is important. When you do business, you're going to build a relationship with multiple people. You're going to build it with your customer. You're going to build it, build it with your accountant and your insurance agent. And you'll, you'll realize that those are obviously very important, right? You want to have a good relationship with your insurance agent. You want to have a good relationship with your accountant and your customers, but there's also a different relationship. Your vendors, the people you rely on to run your business. Okay. You may have a couple local vendors. Let's call a mechanic. You know, there's a local vendor. If you have trucks on the road, it's very important to me that my mechanic knows I'm good to do business with because uh, for a simple reason, Marty, is what? I need my trucks back on the road. Yeah, I can't have it sit there. So here's one of the busiest guys in Vegas that puts me at the front of the line right when we come in. You want to know why? Because times I'll just stop in and say hello. Hey, man, how's life? How are you doing? Yeah, people are going to look at that as a wasted 30 minutes, right? But that 30 minutes makes sure my trucks never sit overnight waiting to get fixed. If we need a part, he'll expedite it for me. A lot of times he'll eat the cost. 
and, and so on and so forth. If I look yeah. at the relationship you and I have, uh, if I need something, I know I, you're going to put it in the mail that day to keep my business operational. Hey, Marty, I'm going to put a coating on a car. I forgot to order mm -hmm. them. Please send me out some coating so I can get them on a car, right? Here are the things that people don't realize. That's only developed by developing and being the right way when you purchase stuff. What we see now, and I really want you to speak on it. We talked about it earlier uh, before we came on. How guys approach vendors can burn a relationship from the very start of the relationship. And I'd love for you to kind of educate guys on some things that have happened with you over the years, not, you know, one story, but I'm, I'm sure you've had it happen a hundred times. I'd love for you to dive in and say, Hey, you know, look, I'm somebody that provides chemicals. Here's what I see when people start a relationship off in a negative way. Yeah. And, and before I jump, jump into that, I think I want to start it with the preface of how I have done relationships in business. And, and, and specifically, I want to talk about a story uh, from last week as I go into uh, seeing where I think part of our business and part of the industry is going. Want to go ahead and dump my van. Didn't see uh, the use for it as much as I needed it. <clears throat> we, over the years, have banged up that back bumper on a regular basis. Uh, <laughs> it didn't come with a backup camera, and I sure didn't put one in. I just figured <laughs> I'd hit something and they would tell me when I was there. So, you know, yeah. that back bumper was pretty beat up. And uh, when it comes time to sell, well, like you said, are you going to wait? Are you going to do this? Are you gonna, well, if you've built a relationship with somebody over the time, over years, then when you need something, how much easier it is to get your problem solved because you've invested into the relationship for a long time. So last week when I needed a bumper, well, guess what? I got a bumper and I got a really good deal. You know, still, they still made money and, and I just didn't have to spend as much and they got me in and got me back out. And there's a body shop that, uh, well, doesn't buy anything from us. Right. Here's my, I, I here's my question. Calls. Did you, did you ask for a discount though? No, no, sure didn't. Um, just told him what I needed and, uh, he, he made me a good, honest deal. Didn't, didn't check around, didn't go waste time. Didn't go, you know, just seemed fair. Uh, so I, d I don't know that I got a discount. It just seemed like the right, just seemed like a right price. It seemed like a good deal to me and that he handled it. Hey, we'll get it in there on this date. Hey, we're gonna have it in there. And boom, they got it handled and boom. Right. Whereas if I didn't have build a relationship similar to like what you said, Sometimes I'd have stopped by, you know, it, guys bought and stuff for me in the past. So would still go by and see them still go out to lunch here and there. I'd been a customer of mine uh, at a previous location for many years. They'd spent a lot of money with us. So it was a relationship that I wanted to continue to invest in. And sure enough, because of the relationship, I didn't necessarily gain something out of it. Right. He just helped solve a problem for me uh, in a punctual time that, then I could flip the van. And I think the next day or two, somebody came down and gave me cash for it. So, you know, uh, the, the idea in relationships isn't always that you're going to gain something out of it. I think that's the problem that a lot of people have with relationships in business is they're always expecting to get more out of the relationship than what they necessarily always put in. And yeah, we find that as being a, uh, a company that sells to a national product level as well as locally. 
uh, locally, uh, people will come in and ask for stuff. It happens. Uh, online, people will send in DMs and not, not even start with saying hi, not even saying about like literally just, hey man, uh, I want to get a deal on that product. Can you send me a sample for free? Like no discussion, right? No, no, no inner dialogue between getting to know somebody, literally just wanting something to benefit for them and not understanding the trade-off between companies, right? Yep. Here's the way I like to do an analogy of business to business relationships is very much like a relationship that you might have with a girlfriend. Okay. Uh, I don't want to say wife yet because uh, at a wife status, there's a little bit more to hold somebody now, you know, here in the state of Oklahoma, yeah. one out of every two marriages ends a divorce. So even at marriage, you got a 50, 50 chance of them leaving, <laughs> but in as a girlfriend status, right? There's nothing that just makes them stay there. If a girl wants to bounce, a girl's going to bounce. You've got to treat that girl the right way. She's got to treat you the right way or else you'll bounce, right? It's a 50-50 deal if the relationship is healthy. And that's what I think you got to look at in business is, is, is that relationship healthy? Am I courting? And are they courting? Are we dialoguing back and forth? Does that company provide me value? Do I provide them value by might just be saying like, you, you know, hey, how's it going, right? Might just be simple messages back and forth that allows detailers to gain a little bit more momentum with that relationship. And you never know what happens in a relationship where you're talking with somebody that has a lot of information you might then be able to ask a question that is very beneficial that you might get an answer out of, right? I know there's people that have messaged me that when they start, right, and they just want a deal, want of this or want of that, right? We just know it's just not really gonna go that well. However, if there's somebody that wants to take time and you know they, they do this and then they ask a question and we do this and they, you know, it becomes a joint venture, right? Yep. The reason why in our slogan, together we save, was so that there can be a premise of, hey, business is a together thing, right? Savings is, goes both ways. It should be a hand in hand. There's a whole reason we do community aspects to things. I firmly believe in business. Relationships are very, very key to help detailers grow. Just is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I take it back to a couple key words you said. Guys, don't look for a deal. Let me tell well, you. Well, I don't oh, want to oh, say that because oh. we tell people to send in a text, say, "Hey, yeah, but here, text but here's, a deal. <laughs> but, but here's what I mean. You're giving out a deal. Somebody is not asking for a deal. There you go. Okay. When you constantly ask people for a deal, guess what? Your customers are going to do. They're going to ask you for a deal. Okay. And because most that's how of the, them will say, "No, I don't want to give them a deal. Right? We don't give yeah, deals. Right? Hundred percent. But they'll they'll be on the back end asking everybody and their mother for a deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is the key word that I get sick of hearing. If somebody wants to offer you a deal, like you said, you went to this place, the guy gave you a price. It felt like a fair deal. You did it for the bumper. Okay. The mechanic that I have a great relationship with, I've gotten some pretty astronomical bills from. Okay. Having the amount of trucks I have some ones that I pick up the phone and I'm like, wow, I should really say something here. But you know what? This guy's done me right in the past. Let me keep my mouth shut. I'm going to pay the bill. And in the end, you know what he, he does? I can constantly see it on the bill. 
He doesn't tell me, but I'll see minus 300, minus 400. Now I get a 10% off discount every time I go in there automatically. I, I never asked for any of that. And I eat a lot of bills that maybe I didn't fully understand, but I said, you know what? This guy's honest. He's done us right. He always gets us in. I'm going to pay, even if I'm paying a premium, he does such good work and we get out so fast. I mean, it's worth it in that respect. I'm not telling you to go get ripped off. I'm telling you, if you choose the right companies to do business with, they're not ripping you off. Right. Okay. They aren't, you know, Marty, you're not ripping anybody off. So if somebody's asking you for free chemicals, when everything's on your website and they know what they're going to pay and they can get $25 worth of or 25 gallons of soap for $25. It's like, Hey man, if that ain't a good enough deal, then it isn't. Okay. But you don't have to text or email or DM and try to get something for free. You know, this get something for nothing culture that we, we have a little bit in detailing guys, it's just not going to get you anywhere. I get access to to products pre-production from chemical companies. I have people constantly sending me free coatings, uh, wanting me to try them, high quality companies, all because I've never asked a single person I do business with for a deal. I just have never done it. Uh, and I won't do it because I don't want my customers to ask for a deal either. So uh, avoiding the pitfall of knowing how to spend your money, basically to summarize it in is, you know, do business and spend your money in a relationship form, right? Uh, make sure that both parties are, are mutually benefiting, right? Like that you're going to buy a product and the product's going to do well for you. And you're going to do well by it, by your relationship with your customer. And, and that there should be some communication back and forth with the company that you buy from to the best that you can. But hey, if you buy from a massive company that they don't have any way of communicating, I get that too. But Somewhere the best way I feel uh, as a detailer in business is doing business with people that communicate and like to have a relationship with their customers. So, because I think it becomes from, if we're a service-based company, Nick, right? If, if, if a detailer is service-based, which we are, what is the whole premise of our business? Then has to be relationship. So when we purchase and we use our money that we got from a relationship, then we should also then divest that into another relationship. So, yep. all right. So closing down our pitfalls, right? The, the final pitfall that we see for detailers, uh, and I'll say it that way because as you had said, hey, you know, it's not just, not just young. I mean, detailers across the board, myself included, have struggled, yeah. struggled with savings, yeah. right? So the pitfall, probably the number one pitfall for any detailer when thinking finances is, hey, make sure you're putting some money back. And it's not just for retirement, right? That's one, that's one thing we should save for. Yeah. That's a long ways away from any of us. However, yeah. the young detailer that doesn't sure, doesn't know if they're gonna have product next month because they haven't saved money for that product. That's the detailer I'm talking about of saving Here's where as a vendor, I really struggle when I see detailers do this is when they say, hey, I really need to come get some product, but I just don't have all the money yet. And that to me breaks my heart that, hey, you need product, but you haven't, you, you haven't really done your, your finances the right way so that by the end of the month, end of the two weeks, end of the, you know, however it is your buying habits go, that you don't have the money 
to come buy soap or to, 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 to buy what you need. Yeah. Whew, I mean, that's tough. And that, know, that's, I, that starts I, from not understanding your numbers. I mean, let's be very frank. If you charge somebody a hundred dollars to do a detail, you should be able to tell me how much everything costs. How much does everything cost for you to do that one detail? Okay. I mean, what's the average amount of chemical you use? What's now people will say, Oh, that's overkill. It's not overkill because Marty, how many times do you see it? Like you just said, guys new in business saying, Oh, I don't have the money to pay for my chemicals. What are you talking about? Chemicals, just so everybody knows compared to other businesses, chemicals are extremely cheap to operate your business. If you can't buy chemicals and you can't keep your business running with chemicals, you got a, you got a major problem somewhere. A, you're not charging enough. B, you're overspending on something else in your life. Uh, whatever it may be. Okay. But if you can't buy chemicals, you're sitting here saying money's tight for chemicals. You got to know your numbers, man. Know what everything costs to do a single detail down to the dollar, because then you can make all kinds of decisions. Uh, you know, otherwise like, Hey, you know, I'm spending too much on chemical. You know, I need to, I need to downgrade. Okay. Uh, hey, my chemical stuff is in line. Now I can go look at a new tool because I've had this money saved or whatever. Everything comes from what's the cost of doing a detail and what is your profit of doing that detail. And let me tell you, if you, if you analyze enough detailing businesses, you know, you and I have been doing this a long time. You hear the horror stories of people having tons of volume and still failing. That comes from they don't understand what they're doing financially per detail. Because some point, if you want to grow, you're going to have to know what is my profit per detail, or you can't hire people. You can't do anything. You're just, you're just sort of just out there doing everything by the whim. You know, Marty, if you didn't know your product cost, how could you operate your business? I mean, it's not just detailing. Yeah, it would be tough. I, I, I think that even though they probably may be similar, have an understanding of what they spend, uh, and what their expenses go to. I bet you're right, man. I bet you there's a lot of detailers that have never put penny to pen to paper and figured out exactly, right? Gasoline costs, time costs, like all the different expenses going into a detail. And then on top of that, how do you take some of that $100 and put it into either a bank account, put it into some type of savings account, put it into a rainy day fund, put it into a retirement fund. I mean, there's no way, right? There's no way as a young detailer that, I mean, I just didn't, man. I, I would save uh, uh, for a rainy day, right? I would save for those type of things, you know, so that uh, if, cause here, right? There, I mean, remember times that we would have ice storms that would come through. I couldn't clean a car for over a week. Yeah. I mean, well, if you hadn't to save some money, you're, you got bills to pay and those, that shit gets to, oh, that gets to hurting pretty quick if you're not out there trying to hustle in the cold and it's 28 degrees and you only yeah. got two or three hours to wash a car, but you got to pay rent. Well, I, so I learned in the winter and I learned through some hard times, oh, I better start putting some money back. And, um, you know, uh, through the rest of business, through the rest of career, there's been times that, you know, I've needed to go bounce into that little, you know, rainy day savings account, because you just never know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, if you're not preparing for, I think something that you say, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best in a sense, part yeah. of that should be 
starting to put some money back just a little bit at a time, monthly or whatever. And then I'm just telling you from two old motherfuckers like us, yeah. if, if you don't start putting it back to a long-term type investment, man, it gets harder and harder. You start getting, just ask DJ, right? You get to the point of you being in your late 20s, early 30s, and you got multiple kids, those regular monthly expenses start to completely just skyrocket. And if you hadn't have already started putting back into a retirement type setting, even if it's five bucks, right? I mean, right. I wish I could have even done that. I remember people telling me that, you know, hey, you should like, but five bucks, right? As a kid, I would have rather gone as, you know, a couple beers yeah, or whatever. You know, that's just the way it is. And I get it. You know, it's hard to. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll say this. And so guys, you know, don't think that, 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 you know, sometimes we lay this out enough. Let's say you do a hundred details in a month. You take your chemical costs, you divide it by a hundred. You take your insurance costs, you divide it by a hundred. This is how you get the cost per detail for that month. Okay. You divide it over every detail you did. You divide all your costs over the amount of details you did. And all of a sudden the picture will start getting painted for you. Now, can we be, is my business way more detailed financially now than that? Sure it is. Okay. As you get bigger and as you get more experience and there's more volume in your business, you're going to do that way more. And that's where you need an accountant, right? Right. But guys, you can do this yourself. If you do, a, if you do X number of details, take all your costs individually. Here's what I paid for insurance. Here's my gas bill for the month. Here's my repair bills for the month. Here's my chemical bills. Divide them by 100 and the picture will become pretty clear how much you're paying per detail to do business. And then what happens is you can start to say, okay, look, I did a $100 detail. Uh, I got $40 in cost to do the detail. Just an example. And now you can say, okay, I can make 30 bucks per detail and I can take this other $30 and save it for a minute because I got my at home uh, stuff under, under control financially. And now I can really start to make some moves, but you can't really make moves if you don't know your numbers in a very detailed way. And so just, you know, us telling you to get your stuff together and save money, that all sounds great, but this is a right. real world way that you can. Um, you got to find out what you're making per detail and you got to take, you know, somewhere between 10 and 25% of that money and put it away uh, you know, depending on the month and things like that, but you always got to put stuff away because like you said, I mean, 50% of the United States probably deals with the winter situation where you just would have times where you just can't detail at all. Even, even if you have a shop, uh, your shop would almost come to a crawl because people don't want to have their cars there and people, you know, don't want to be out in the snow and they don't want to be out in the ice. Uh, so everybody feels it. I know, I know young guys like to think that you're going to get a shop and it's going to magically solve those issues but it doesn't solve those issues. You just have them with the expenses on the other end. Yeah. But I think that that's, that's a real thing. I, I remember specifically not saving because I just kept thinking, you know, Hey, there, there'll be something that will magically just, I'll just 100%. make a lot of money. We all think that. that we all think that there, there isn't, I've never met one young person that didn't wish they had some of the money that they blew as you get older. I look back and I'm just like, you know, come on, you knew better and you do know better. Most of you, most of us knew better. We just didn't do it. <laughs> That's all. And, and what we're telling you is, you know, there is a way to do it. There is a way to, at 22 years old, have your business in a vastly different place at 26 than most people. And it's, it's the people that make that 
really hard decision to do it the right way, that we're going to have a really super successful business. I mean, it, it, that's just, that's just the nature of it. Yeah. All right. So let's recap, Nick. Uh, if we're going to say to young detailers on pitfalls to avoid uh, financially, first, we're going to say that the first pitfall would be from overspending, uh, buying every single thing on the market, getting way too much product, getting way too much of this could, you know, it could be, we listed out some, but it could be all kinds of different ways that people overspend. And we didn't really even talk about personal over expenses, yeah, right? which is a so massive, amazing. massive problem for a lot of young detailers of, they just need to get their own personal financial overspending in check and their business will probably start moving in a better direction uh, at more cash plus positive. Uh, number two, uh, when thinking of pitfalls for detailers financially would be, hey, make sure on you understand then how you purchase stuff and understand then the relationships that you need to put and invest into. Uh, and it could be not, not only the things that we had listed with products to tools to this, it could be simply as a mechanic down the street, the tire center that you go get tires from. It could be windshield wiper. It could be all kinds of different stuff. So there will be some, right, plenty of stuff you get on Amazon where there's zero relationship, right? But yeah. plenty of other stuff that you can build relationships, be a part of a community, invest into them socially, and begin to grow with them as a company would be a big, big beneficial thing for you to do as a young detailer. And then finally, finally, the last thing would be, hey, let's make sure we at least put back a little but the more you can put back, the better. And it starts by understanding how much you're spending per detail, what it's costing you to operate your business. And then how can you take after all those, you know, all those expenses and what's left over, how can you take that and put some back, not only for some rainy days, but also for the future. When, hopefully, you make it to be an old motherfucker like me. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, it's a good place to be. It know? is a good place to be. Old and be able to tell people, this is what I did when I was young and I was an idiot. Yeah. Um, you know, that's always a great feeling. Hey, uh, let me tell you why I'm so smart, because I was such an idiot. <laughs> it happens. Life lessons yeah. are the most important learned. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, Nick, where do people find you on social? Yeah, Vegas.Rides. You know, we... Uh, can't thank everyone enough. I say this every week. I mean, get a lot of cool DMs, people sharing stuff. You know, if you guys, you guys see a cool article or you see something, you know, somebody's story we should check out or whatever. I mean, Marty and I love that you send that kind of stuff. Can't thank everybody enough. It keeps us clued in. Uh, we, we, we know a lot about the industry now because people clue us in to things going on on social media. Uh, we appreciate that. So feel free to reach out. Yeah. Definitely. And Nick, as always, man, thank you for your time uh, investing into the community. Uh, thank you for sacrificing and taking the time to do that. So uh, wish you the best in your continued journey to become an astronaut. Uh, <laughs> if, if not, you know, uh, we did get to see, which is pretty cool, that SpaceX uh, shot a rocket last, last week when we were uh, in Cocoa and watched it go up. And then the cool part about uh, – entrepreneur guy running that type of program is he brings a rocket right back down so they can reuse it. Yes, so sir. in case you don't make it to NASA, man, <laughs> you, you might look at plan B and go with that SpaceX. Just, just yeah. saying. 
I'll send an email. Oh, you send an email. Okay, okay. Good call. Uh, good call. All right, brother. Have a good one. All right, you too, man. All right, man. See you. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. And let me just ask a favor. If you got any value out of it, right, maybe there was just one little nugget that was good for you on the inside, was good for you on the outside. Hey, whichever way you tickle, right? Uh, any little bit of info that you got value out of, would you please go share that with the rest of the community? Go onto the community page on Facebook, go onto any of the other Facebook groups and just say, hey, here's a great little nugget that I got from the Pints and Polishing podcast. I know the community would love to hear it. I know we would love to hear it. And I know there's a lot of other detailers that could also gain the information. So, hey, be active, be a part of the community. Let others know what value you're getting out of the podcast. Hey, this is Marty, Total Solutions. Make it a great day. Ah! <laughs>